Nights with John. We should be so lucky. It's the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. You know how we do it on Fridays. Get the dance party cranked up. Chuck Rose gets the first request. My favorite Prince song of all time. A little controversy. This is old school Prince. Not that everything with Prince isn't old, but this is old, old school Prince. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be on the show or be a part of the show. Uh, Odyssey apps, how you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I am at JMCH316. We got Dom DeLuise producing the uh, show tonight. He'll run the music the rest of the way, and he's going to be in charge of Rankum. So hit us up on the text line. Hit us up on my Twitter page. I've gotten some of my tweets and texts already. So hit us up with your list for Rankum coming up at 1040. Uh, Watching the NBA Futures game, I still haven't figured out what the plan for this thing is. They're clunking up threes and stuff like that. Did you see that the Miz, the Miz was the one who hit the half-court shot. Yep. It didn't count. It didn't count. Yeah, it didn't count, but he hit the (laughs) half-court shot. So it was the Miz that hit all of that. So obviously he wasn't on SmackDown uh, tonight. But um, uh, we got the NBA Futures game, and we'll see what A.J. Griffin does. But what what's the time on that thing? Like I I can't see what the what, what like so what it, what are they playing? So what it looks like they're doing is they're doing the same thing that they did with the All Star game where they're making them play to a point limit. Oh okay. So it okay. looks like they're going to so 40. first to, so first, first to, 40. to forty. Okay, right. all right. Because they're gonna play because they have four teams that are gonna play two games in this first round and then they're gonna play each other um, after that. So again, everything's Everything's 1995 WWE. That Max McClung guy that's up there on the screen, he's he's going to be in the dunk contest tomorrow, that McClung kid. Yes, he's from he the G League. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> and he might win it, which is the funny thing. Yeah, not exactly Jordan, Wilkins, Vince Carter, all those kinds of guys. But You know, I, I blame LeBron for that. LeBron declined to do the slam dunk contest after telling everyone he was going to do it all those years and then never did it, and then I feel like that kind of became like, oh, so superstars don't have to do this? Cool. Well, it's – look, at this point, you have to get the cartoon burlap bag sack with, yeah. with, the, with the dollar <laughs> symbol on it, yeah. put $25 million at half court, and say winner take all. I mean yep. that's that's how that's how you'll get everybody back in the dunk contest is is you put you put a satchel full of money out there at half court and say go get it guys. That's when you'll have the guys back. But you know anyway it's uh yeah it, it's it's for it's Kenyon Martin's son that Max McClung and two guys that you wouldn't pick out from anywhere like you you wouldn't even know that they're in the NBA. The the one the one kid and I'm. He plays for the Rockets. They're the worst franchise in the entire NBA. Like, they are the bottom of the barrel yep. franchise, the dreadfulest franchise. <laughs> They're the worst franchise in the entirety of the NBA. And you grab a guy off that squad, at least get somebody from Philly or Boston or New York, right? A recognizable but, but, name. But you, you get somebody from the Rockets, who are dreadful. 
nobody wants to watch them. Nobody has ever seen them play. Even their own fans don't want to see them play. So it's just, it's ridiculous. But anyway, it's, it's All-Star Weekend. Anyway, let's get to the NFL Squib Kick. Take a look at the NFL with the Squib Kick with John Chuckery. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. So we've got official word, and this is, this is interesting. Adam Schefter tweeted this out uh, a few hours ago. The deal is complete and official. Washington has given Eric Bieniemy the title of assistant head coach and offensive coordinator. It is, in the words of one source, quote, a promotion in title, contract, uh, contractual structure, multi-year, and annual pay raise. Okay. What does it mean that he's the assistant head coach? At the end of the day, he's the OC for the commanders. Now, let me conspiracy theory. Let, let, me, let me play conspiracy theory, okay? This is hot take Tommy level stuff here, okay? This is what I believe. I believe that Eric Bieniemy has been the coach in waiting for the Kansas City Chiefs for the last few years. And they were waiting for Andy Reid to retire. And I think some people thought that he, once he won the first Super Bowl with Kansas City, he might retire. And I think some people thought that he might win this Super Bowl and then retire. But he's making it clear that he wants to coach longer. And I think the thing that has held Eric Bieniemy back is being the coach in waiting for Andy Reid. And I, I will conspiracy theory that in two years, Ron Rivera will be out as the head coach of the Washington commanders, whatever, generals, whatever they are. But he'll be out as the coach, and Biennemi will replace him. So he goes from being the coach in waiting from Kansas City to the coach in waiting for the commanders franchise. And in two seasons, Ron Rivera will be out. And Ron Rivera is not a spring chicken and things like that. You know, Andy Reid's one of the older coaches in the league. I think I think it just got a matter of, hey, he's not going to give up the reins anytime soon. Maybe he had a change of heart, whatever it was, but that's that's my conspiracy theory about Eric Bieniemy. There's no other reason why he should go make a lateral move. I mean, again, I I, I can be the assistant head coach. You're either the head coach or you're not the head coach. You're either the OC or not the OC. I could. You know, they had um, – uh, who was it? Somebody was uh, the the co or, – or not the uh, the uh, uh, assistant D.C. Oh, that for the was, Falcons last oh, year. Oh, for the Falcons? Yeah, for the know. Falcons. Like, I could have been the assistant D.C. Yeah. I can be – I can take that job. Come on, guys. Let's go. Basically a cheerleading job. Yeah. yeah. You're basically a cheerleader. Right. Like, you don't have a different responsibility than what you do on a day-to-day basis. So that's my conspiracy theory about Eric Bieniemy. We'll see what happens with all of that. Uh, Derek Carr is going to visit the Jets. So free agent Derek Carr will visit the New York Jets, uh, released by the Raiders uh, here recently. He turns 32 in March. Um, look, he interviewed with the New Orleans Saints. They thought they had him locked up. And he decided he wanted to become a free agent. I don't blame him. So he'll have a pretty good marketplace. 
Let me tell you, I don't want him here. And we discussed this the other night. No thanks. Don't want him. I think you know what I think Derek Carr is? Dom, I think Derek Carr is a loser. A loser. I like Derek Carr. I think I think he's good. I don't necessarily think he'd be good here. <laughs> Your franchise, their franchise is three wins better than his rookie year until his final year in Oakland. They they were six and eleven this year. They were three wins in his rookie year. Yeah. They've been to he's played, I should say, they've been in the playoffs twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the one year was the thirteen and three year where he didn't play and Connor Cook played. Yeah. That was the Amari Cooper, Khalil Mack, yeah. that team that was really good. He's 0-1 in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. He's 69 and 73 as a starter in the league. It's not good. <laughs> so I I I got no use for Derek Carr. He you your franchise, they spent a decade with him in Oakland, and their franchise is no better today than it was when he was a rookie. That franchise hasn't advanced one single bit. Uh this is a funny story. So according to sources, and, and this is from Bob McGinn who said this, and I guess he's covered the Green Bay Packers for decades, okay? On a podcast here recently with Tyler Dunn of GoLongTD.com, he says that the Packers are disgusted with Aaron Rodgers and they're done with him. Quote, they are done with Rodgers. Um... They've had discussions with somebody who has first, uh, he or sorry he had McGuinn or, or McGinn had discussions with somebody who has firsthand knowledge. Quote: He's not coming back. I mean, they're disgusted with him and they're done with him and they're moving on. And he's totally convinced that Rodgers won't be back as the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, and that Jordan Love will get his chance to start. And he says, McGinn, now listen to this, that if Rodgers insists on returning to the Packers, that he'll be the backup quarterback. Okay, that ain't happening. Aaron Rodgers ain't backing anybody up. No, yeah, no. Aaron Rodgers no, ain't backing up all. Tom Brady. <laughs> no. Aaron Rodgers ain't backing nobody up. So, he's owed what? I mean, he's a $50 million a year quarterback. He signed that He signed that extension that was over $50 million a year for him. And I don't know what the, I don't know what the, I'll have to look up the dead cap number for it, but it's got to be a fortune. It's, it's going to be something ridiculous to yeah. move on from him. Like yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's going to cost a fortune. Yep. So, it's going to cost the Packers a fortune and then whatever team decides to get him. Because let me tell you about Aaron Rodgers. He ain't playing for fish heads and rice. He ain't playing <laughs> no. on a one-year prove-it deal. No. Sorry. He ain't playing on no prove-it deal. Yeah. We... He's going to want to be the highest paid per year quarterback mm-hmm. in the league wherever he signs. I don't care if he signs. I don't care if he signs with the Kansas City Chiefs. He's going to want to be the highest paid quarterback in the league. 
That's where that's how Aaron Rodgers operates. Hopefully, he's enjoying his stay of the four days in the dark and wilderness and whatever retreat that he is on. So, anyway. All right, when we come back, I'm going to play you a clip from something that Grant McCulley told us last night, and I think that there are some interesting ramifications from it. Chuck Reed, Nakia Studios, Sports Radio, 910 The Game, Odyssey.com app. Auto Trader. Talking local sports. Late at night. It's the John Chuckery Show. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Back at it. Chuckery Show. Hanging out at the Kia Studios. Going to take it to the top of the hour. JR Sports Brief coming up after us. Brown like a music hour rolling right along. Get the dance party going here on a Friday night. We are going to do rank them coming up in about 20 minutes from right now. So, Get your uh, text in at uh, 404-741-0929. You can also catch us on the Odyssey app. Social media is at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Give me a follow and send me over a uh, rank em list at JMSH316. we got Dom DeLuise producing the show tonight, like our fourth producer this week. But anyway, um, that's neither Save here the nor for there. Last. Yeah, yeah, neither, neither here nor there, so... Um, I guess we'll see who comes back on Tuesday because uh, we're off on Monday. We got uh, President's Day on Monday, right? So we got the got the day off on Monday. So it's one of those one of those good government holidays that uh, that we have. So anyway, uh, hit us up with your list for Rankum in about twenty minutes. So we had Grant McCulley on the show late last night, and we were discussing the fifth starter. And, and not so much who's going to win, but whoever doesn't get that fifth starter spot, what's going to happen? Because I had asked if they would go maybe early on with a six-man rotation. I asked about, you know, if, if, they, if they have – what are they going to do with whoever doesn't win that? Because I think Grant was of the mindset that – there's going to be one guy that wins that fifth spot and and he gets it. And I want you to hear his answer to what's going to happen with whoever doesn't win that fifth starter spot. Here's what Grant had to say last night on the show. I think they go start at Gwinnett because they're not a guy that you're going to you know move to the bullpen. I know that there's, you know, some possibility, I guess, kind of hold on to one of them and kind of use them in a reserve, like in a chunk innings role, kind of like the, what they did with Spencer Strider last year. Mike Soroka has been in the big leagues, though his journey has taken quite a detour the last two years. Ian Anderson has been in the big leagues and been successful. So I still think obviously starting to be going every fifth day. And if there's not an opportunity for them to do that in the big leagues, then I think they understand the long game that it can sometimes be to go and get that work done and earn that opportunity to get back up as soon as they can. Now, look, there's no doubt that you're going to have to have a whole bunch of starting pitchers. I think the Braves had 14 starters last year when it was all said and done. Guys get hurt, whatever. I mean, the schedule, whatever it is, it doesn't really matter. But you're going to go through more than just your five-man rotation. Unless you're the luckiest team in the history of baseball, you're going to have to have more starters. And I understand that. But 
what's interesting is, and, and I don't disagree with what Grant says, but look at the two main guys that are fighting for that spot. Ian Anderson, a couple of years ago, was arguably the best pitcher for the Braves in their playoff run that led to the World Series championship. Go back a few years ago, Mike Soroka was one of the best young pitchers in all of baseball. You know, I think he finished, what, second or third in the league in ERA. He should have started that St. Louis Cardinals series where Bulldog um, Dallas Keuchel started it. Should have started Soroka, your best pitcher. He was far and away their best pitcher that year. But Mike Soroka was one of the best young starters before he got, you know, obviously two years worth of injuries. So you're not talking about, and by the way, too, Soroka and Ian Anderson, those guys have never pitched a regular season game out of the bullpen. Every game they've ever pitched in, both of them, during the regular season, has been starts. They've started every game that they've ever pitched in. So it is interesting to think about the idea of one of those guys going down to Gwinnett. And I asked a question earlier in the show, how enthusiastic or how much are they going to embrace being down at Gwinnett? Because you got one guy that led the franchise a few years ago to a World Series title, and you have one guy that was like second in the league in ERA and one of the best young pitchers in all of Major League Baseball. Now, I know that the excuse will be, you know, especially for Soroka, well, you know, um, we need to get him, you know, some rehab starts and he's coming back from injury and different things like that, you know. Like that'll be the excuse that they use when talking about, let's say, if it's Mike Soroka. You know, well, I mean, you know, we we didn't feel like he was ready yet to start back up at the big league level and all this kind of stuff. But if you think about it, you know, both of those guys had a full winner. You know, they they finished up and they had a full winter schedule of, you know, whatever offseason work, whether it was rehabbing, whether it's getting things right mentally, whatever it was. And then they're going to go through a full spring training session. So there's not any work stoppage or shortened pandemic. There's none of that this year. You get the whole winter and you get the whole first part of, of the year to get yourself ready. So they're not missing any time or, you know, they're they're having a, a shortened spring training. You know, look, I definitely think that that affected Charlie Morton in some ways that he had a very limited spring training and didn't really get, you know, back on track. And maybe he never really got back on track from what he was, but but he did have his moments. I mean, he still had a couple of hundred strikeouts and less than 180 innings, but the short and spring, coming back from injury and things like that. These guys don't have that this year. These guys have the full complement of winter, full complement of, you know, the first part of the year, a whole spring training. You know, there's no shortened spring training or anything like that, a, not a, you know, a modified schedule or anything like that, nothing kind of crazy. So, look, I said, they'll use whether it's, Injury rehab, whether it's getting back on track or whatever like that. There'll they'll be some kind of spin when it comes to 
how this plays itself out. But the reality is, is that these are two accomplished, and look, they haven't been in the big leagues forever and a day, but they have done some good things for this organization and some good things at the major league level. I just wonder mentally how excited either one of those guys will be knowing that they start off in Gwinnett thinking, wait a second, I, I was the guy who was pitching in the World Series just a couple years ago. I, I, I was our game two starter in the playoffs just a few years ago. You know, I wonder how much they embrace. And I'm not saying that they're asking, they're going to ask for a trade or ask for a release or try to get out of the organization or something crazy like that. But what do we always hear about pitchers? Everything is between the ears, right? The mental aspect of it for pitchers. Because didn't we hear that for years about, well, I don't know if they're mentally ready to pitch at this level and things like that, right? We had about all the prospects and about the mentality. Well, what's the mentality when you've had guys that have had success at the major league level and have had success with this ball club? How much do they embrace the idea of being in Gwinnett and starting off in Gwinnett? And look, your first four, we know it's Wright, it's Freed, it's Morton, it's Strider. We know all that. And it's only one spot for now. Or is it a situation where somebody comes up lame? Some, somebody comes up with, you know, a, a Rodney injury. Ooh, ooh, my arm. My arm's broken. You know, something like that. But I, I can't imagine either one of these guys, either one of those guys is going to be that excited. And they'll say the right things because, you know, that's what you do. They'll say the right things and stuff. And, you know, they'll try to put on their brave face or whatever like that if, you know, if it's Soroka or Anderson, you know, they'll 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 do what they have to do, I guess, with it. But I don't imagine either one of those guys being very excited about starting off the year pitching in Gwinnett. And by the way, their season usually starts a little bit later, right? Like I think the I think the I think the Gwinnett schedule starts a little bit later than what Major League Baseball starts. So I think it's like a couple of weeks or whatever like that because you don't play as long a schedule. You don't play 162 games in the minors, and I think they start a few weeks few weeks later with their schedule. So if that's the case, and and you got one of those guys kind of sitting around, like I said, how much do they? How much do they embrace the idea of being in the minors? Because that would that's a without it being a rehab kind of assignment, that's a definite step down. And and look, maybe maybe both of those guys have a really good spring. You know, it, it's possible that Anderson and Soroka could pitch really well in the spring. How do you send one of those guys down? And they're not going to pitch out of the bullpen. They're going to they're going to be starters. Like I said, they've never they've never pitched a game out of the bullpen in the regular season in their major league career. So you want to get them starts. You want to keep them loose. You want to keep them ready. Because if you do have injuries and things like that, you know, you can you can bring one of those guys up, but it's going to be interesting to see because look, with all due respect to Bryce Elder, you know, unless Bryce Elder goes out and just tears the world up, 
and then they end up sending both of those guys down, which what would that tell you? I mean, look, it's a good problem to have, sort of. That's the way I describe it. It's a good problem to have that you have too many starting pitchers for right now, but it's not a good thing if they don't embrace what one of their roles is going to be, and that's starting in Gwinnett. That's usually not the way it goes that, you know, and I understand Soroka has the, you know, the multiple years worth of injuries and stuff like that. And I I really do think that they will, they, I think Anderson will get the best opportunity because I think they want Soroka to pitch down in the minors. Like I, I that would be a convenient thing to say, well, Soroka's got to get more time to get himself ready and loosened up and all this kind of stuff. Even though he made some minor league rehab starts, they were in Rome, right? He didn't pitch again in the for the big league club. Some people were wondering if whether or not he'd be up for the playoff roster and things like that. But that's an interesting decision to have to make. And again, I I completely agree with Grant. I don't I don't think what Grant is saying is incorrect or anything like that. It's just okay. Can you have? Can you get one of those guys to really embrace that role, given where those two guys have been? All right, when we come back, rank them. Hit us up on the text line, 404-741-0929. Also on my Twitter page, at JMCH316. We'll get to that in a few minutes. Chuck Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, the Odyssey.com app. To more of the John Chuckery Show. Okay, okay. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you, John Chuckery Show. Hanging out at the Kia Studios. Taking the top of the hour, JR Sports Brief coming up next. 404-741-0929. That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey apps how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media at 929 The Game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can hit me up at JMCH316. Used to have a little bit of fun on the weekends. We would pick Randy's brain, pick Hugh's brain. Sometimes I would give them a list of things to put in order. We decided to steal it, and we call this segment Rankem. That's your cue. No, uh-uh. No. Okay, so you threw me. You threw me. No, out. you just I, I. Well, you said you had done this before. No, because yeah. you. you wow, there's just you, you just like you just we had you, you just you just get the you you put the you put a put a music bed in. There we go. Get, get okay. a get a funk get a funky upbeat music bed for the Brown Liquor Music Hour. So get, okay, yeah. You threw you threw me off for a little bit, but no, no, we are good. We are good. We are good. You said you'd done all this before, so I, I, I just I just assumed <laughs> that you had done all this before. You're right. You're right. Okay, so I've got a couple for you right now, Chuck, that I think are pretty good. All right. So first things first. Um, a lot of things came to me as we were going through the show. Um, first things first. You brought up Kevin Hart and how unfunny he was. Yes, he is truly unfunny. George Lopez is funnier than Kevin Hart. <laughs> So that made me think, 
I would like for you to rank some of my personal favorite comedians. Okay. So, Richard Pryor. Okay. Red Fox. Eddie Murphy. Dave Chappelle. Rank them. Uh, I go Red Fox one. One of the bluest comedians in the history of mankind. Um, I'll go Eddie Murphy three. I know that may be sacrilege to put Richard Pryor. Eddie Murphy two. Richard Pryor three, and then who was the other one? Dave Chappelle. Yeah, I Dave Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is funny at times. Sometimes he's kind of like kind of crazy. He gets a little too like meta, big yes, thinking yes, sometimes. Yeah, but I do enjoy. Yeah, him yeah, I I do enjoy Dave Dave Chappelle. I mean, mm-hmm. much better than Kevin Hart or somebody <laughs> like that. So. Kevin Hart, his issue, I think, is that he's not funny. Yes, exactly. That's. That's it's, his issue. It's it's the movies. His stand-ups, I think, are very good. I've enjoyed eh. his stand-ups. His I, movies, because he plays the same character in every single right, movie. Right, exactly. It and gets and kind of old, can we make yeah. another movie with The Rock? <laughs> right. How original. <laughs> All righty. And, and he's even less funny in his movies. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I, I mean, think he's he's, because, and he's, I think he's George Lopez. Yeah, I was going to say, I think so many people get exposed to his movies now. That they don't see like his early work, especially like early on, like with his grown little man stand ups and stuff like that, where he was genuinely hilarious. But that, but that's how a lot of comedians are yeah. though. That when when they once they get famous, yeah, you know, it's it's like musicians. But you know, Hootie and the Blowfish, they always talked <laughs> about this. Yeah, that they spent years writing that first album, right, and yep. it had ten hits on it, right. Mm-hmm. Then they go out and tour, and they're away, and then they get famous and all this. And then they're like, the studio's like, well, let's get a second album. And they have no material. Right. They have nothing written. Yeah. Because they spent a decade, <laughs> decade writing, writing all of those songs before they were famous. Yep. That they could put all of that stuff on one album. But now, you know, now they don't have time to do that. Now you got to put an album out every two years now. Yep. So it's just, it, it's just the change in everything. Yeah. All righty. Next up, this is one that came to me. Uh, and don't worry, we're going to get to the fun ones in a second. Okay. Um, this is one that came to me when I was talking about those disgusting uh, egg white bites. Yes. And now I said, you know, you got to drench them in hot sauce. That made me start thinking about hot sauce. Okay. So, Mr. Chuckery, I would like for you to rank these hot sauces. Okay. Tabasco, Cholula, mm-hmm. Texas Pete, Louisiana. Uh, I'm a Texas Pete guy, so I put that number one. Um, I do like Tabasco when it's in a Bloody Mary, uh, so I'll put that too. I'll put Louisiana hot sauce at three. Mm-hmm. I have that in my cabinet right now. And then okay. well, what is Cholula? it? A chalupa? Chalupa? What, what is it? A chalupa or a chihuahua or yeah. whatever? I don't. I don't use <laughs> nope. any of that stuff. No, chalupa's pretty good. Yeah, I, but I, I have Louisiana hot sauce in my in my cabinet. Okay. right now I like of these four. Tabasco is probably my favorite, and then I'm mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a big. Uh, I'm a big Texas Pete guy too. Yeah, I, I like I'm a Texas Pete guy, but I I like Tabasco in a Bloody Mary, like Tabasco Worcestershire. Like yeah. when I make a Bloody Mary, yes. I put I put that in there. It, I'm happy to know that you like Bloody Marys as well because yes. I get a lot of flack from my friends, and it could just be because like I hang with a younger crowd, so like they can't they can't really appreciate a Bloody Mary. <laughs> no, it's like. a great hangover drink. It's uh, yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, so that's, it's, I'm, phenomenal. it's absolutely a great hangover drink. Yeah, no question. So. Alrighty, now for some of the fun stuff. All right. Um, I watched one uh, one movie, and it's I'm so upset now because it's escaping me, uh, the name of it. It's the movie with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis back in the day, um, where like she's her and her 
lover fake like he's her brother. So it's a comedy movie, but they're trying to fish called Wanda. Yes, yeah. that is it. But that got me thinking about Jamie Lee mm-hmm. Curtis and uh, some of the more attractive women from the '80s and things like that. Okay. So, rank these women of the '80s. Okay. Cindy Crawford. Okay. Demi Moore. Mm-hmm. Michelle Pfeiffer. Jamie Lee Curtis. I will go Cindy Crawford. I always had a big crush on Cindy Crawford, so I will go her one. Uh, always had a crush on Demi Moore two. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis three, and I wasn't the biggest Michelle, Michelle Pfeiffer. Pfeiffer. No, yeah, she didn't do it for you. No, no, no. fair enough, fair enough. No. I think especially when she was in Grease two. Yeah, <laughs> Grease like, two. Such a, oh, why? God. Why was that movie? I, made? I don't know. That's... That that was Matthew <laughs> Clawfield or whatever his name was. God awful. Um, oh, let me get to a couple here on the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Uh, let's see here. From our buddy Rusty, um, rank these guys in a street fight. The muscle guy, the quiet guy, the little guy, the guy talking the most. Well, the, the quiet guy is always the guy to be afraid of. Mm-hmm. Um, the little guy, because he'll fight dirty. Yep. Um, probably the muscle guy, because he can overwhelm you. Uh-huh. Uh, and then the guy talking the most. That That's always the guy who's going to get beat up first. Yeah, the muscle guy, he may not necessarily be able to fight, but he'll yeah, throw he can you around. Yeah, he get you to the ground. Yeah, he can get you to the ground. So, From the uh, text line, um, Jesse Owens, 1936 Olympics, mm-hmm. the Ollie draft stance at the, uh, or, um, uh, yes, at the at the Ollie draft mm-hmm. stance, uh, the 68 Olympics black power salute, mm. and Doug Williams winning the Super Bowl. I will go. That's good. I will go with Jesse Owens one because he stuck it right to Hitler. Yeah. Um, I will go Doug Williams winning the Super Bowl. I will go with the uh, Black Power salute at the Olympics in Ali's draft stance, number four. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. From our buddy Rusty, again, Public Enemy, Run DMC, Outcast, Beastie Boys. Well, I'll go Outcast one. Mm-hmm. I will go Public Enemy, number two. Uh, love Chuck D. Yes. Um, I go Run DMC, three. And I I believe that's this is my personal <laughs> opinion. I believe that the Beastie Boys were a goof. They they they, they were like a they were yeah. they they were a fake band that they, was just like they they weren't became, real. Yeah, they, like they, was, they weren't real. They were like they were like the weird Al Yankovic of like rap groups. Yes, yes. Um, but I still enjoy some of their music. Paul Revere is a good song. Uh, let's see here. Sunkissed, Crush, okay. Fanta, and Slice, all orange sodas. All right, mm. Orange Crush, number one. Yeah, cr- without a Orange doubt. Crush is number one. Yes. I go Orange Fanta, number two. I go Sunkiss, three, and Slice, number four. Yeah, so I've never had Slice. Uh, I- it, it, that, was an, that was like a 1980s soda. Okay. It was like... It was like Sprite or one of those kinds okay, of, of gotcha, flavored gotcha, ones. Gotcha. Um, it was, I think, it was a Pepsi product. Okay. Uh, is actually what it was. Hmm. Uh, let's see, Fogo to Chow, Bones, um, Hal's, or Chops. Uh, Hal's is number one. That's hmm. the best old school steakhouse in Atlanta. Okay. I go. <sighs> Boy, Bones or Chops. Um, I'll I'll go bones with the lobster bar number two. Okay. Um, I like chops number three, uh-huh. and Fogo to show. Um, that's a Brazilian uh, yeah. restaurant uh, Brazilian in Buckhead. Yeah. 
And then, uh, let me see. I thought there was one more on the text line. No, there's not there. Let me get um, let me get from my Twitter page from our buddy Marco. Uh, a ribeye, an Angus burger, beef ribs, or brisket? Well, brisket all day long. Yeah. Brisket's number one, without a doubt. I will go... I, I will go with beef ribs number two, ribeye three, and a burger four. From our buddy Alvy Cohen on uh, my Twitter page, uh, Spencer for Hire, Hardcastle to McCormick, Wise Guy, and Riptide. Wise Guy was actually based off of the same book mm-hmm. that Goodfellas Wise. Oh, okay. Um, I didn't know that. The actual name, the the book that. The book that Goodfellas movie is based off of yeah. is Wise Guy. Okay, that's the name. That's the, the name, name of, of the, the book. book. Right. Yeah. That that um, um, oh God, Henry Hill wrote mm-hmm. was Wise Guy. And him him and a, a, an author. But um, so I'll go that. I'll go Spencer for Hire number two, Riptide three, Hardcastle McCormick four, from Matt Ryan on uh, my Twitter page. Uh, rank these young teams that never reached their potential. Uh, the Derek Coleman, Drajan uh, Petrovic, New York, or, or sorry, uh, New Jersey Nets. Um, the Hornets with uh, Zoe and Grandmama. Chris <laughs> Webber and Jawan Howard on the Boulets. And the three Jays Mavericks. I will take, because I'm a big Drazen Petrovic fan, <laughs> I will take that Nets team one. I will take the Hornets with Zoe and mm. uh, Larry Johnson number two. I will take. I will take Weber and Howard with the yeah. Boulets, uh, number three, and then the three Jays. The what, what was that? Uh, uh, Jason Kidd, um, oh, Jimmy Jackson, and who was the other guy? Jamal was it? When Jamal Crawford? Um, oh, the kid that played at Kentucky. Um, oh man. So, but I'll take we them number four. Three. We yeah. got two and three. Alrighty, I got one for you. So this one is a rank them for ladies who started off in the adult industry and then mm-hmm. worked their way to being in actual TV shows okay. and real films. So, the women. Sybil Kelly. if you don't know who she is, she's the uh, woman in Game of Thrones who is uh, Tyrion Lannister's... Okay. I never saw Game of Thrones, okay. but okay. Uh, so, Sybil Kelly, Jenna Jameson, Sasha Gray, and Sunny Leone. Um, well, Sonny Leone would be number one. Um, I the Sybil character, she goes mm-hmm. number four because I don't know who she is. Yeah, right. Um, I'll go, I'll go Jenna Jameson two, two. and then who is the other one? Sasha Gray. Sasha Gray. I know who she is. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll put her three. Okay. All right. Okay. That's a rank them for. We gotta get out of here. That's a rank them for a Friday evening. Back with the love TKO to wrap things up on the Chuckery Show Sports Radio, not to the game Odyssey.com app. Talking local sports. Late at night. It's the John Chuckery Show. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Wrapping things up on the John Chuckery Show. It's like we always do with the love TKO. We will uh, not be here on Monday as it is a holiday. Back with you on Tuesday. But before we get out of here this evening, let me let you listen to what is the greatest opening lyric in all of music history. Looking back, 
The other name we were trying to think of, Jamal Mashburn. That's the other guy, the kid from Kentucky. So that was J- Jimmy Jackson, Jason Kidd, and Jamal Mashburn were the three guys we were trying to think of. So, all right, we got to get out of here. For Dom, it's Chuckery. We'll see you, AMF. Take